Hello, and welcome to the Brubacher Excavating Podcast, where we're shaping the world we live in so more people can find the construction industry uncommonly refreshing. So with you being in the industry and having a lot of knowledge, and, and like you said, the amount of years you've been in the industry, but also the different countries you have worked in and all the businesses that you have either mentored or been on the boards or been involved with, was there one key factor to this, the successful businesses that you saw in all of them? Or did they all have different things? But but my, my interest is maybe there's one thing that all those successful businesses had. And what was that? Okay. It's either a very difficult question, which is impossible to answer, or it's a very simple question, which is very easy to answer. And in my humble opinion, it's the latter. The the answer to the question, the companies that have been universally successful, in my opinion, are companies that where the people bank is full, that grow and develop people and have the human resource to do their work. All right. Companies that understand that every person's a gold mine and your job is out there to go find the gold and and develop the person. Everybody is talented. Everybody has got something to contribute. Go out there, find the, find the talent, and make sure that everybody contributes. The successful companies are the companies that grow and develop their people. Heath has heard me say this many times, and that is that there's no way that you can um, succeed uh, to a greater extent than the people you have are able to succeed. All right. Let me tell you this. Here's a good one. All right. Um, I was standing at a cocktail party, and I will. The name of the company will will not be mentioned. Uh, but suffice to say that in the United States, it is a company that many many people construction company that many many people um, look up to. And that has been extraordinarily successful and is certainly in the top 20 size-wise. Standing at a company celebration uh, cocktail party one evening, and I was talking to the um, to the CEO of the company. And I said to him, hey, Pete, um, I've worked with your company now for many years as a consultant. And I want to tell you, your company is not a construction company. And he looked at me and he wrinkled his brow and he said, I don't understand that. (laughs) I said, I want to tell you, you're not a construction company. You're a people development company that happens to ply its trade in the construction industry. And that was a characteristic. You you asked the question. I said it could either be difficult and complicated, (laughs) simple and straightforward. It's simple and straightforward. Successful companies grow and develop people, period. Yeah, and I think the interesting thing, Mike, is that – you know, there's a lot of people look at financial metrics and that certainly has its place and we'd be poor stewards if we didn't do that. And yet, how many times are we looking at the uh, the people bank? You know, there's no line of credit report. Uh, you got a line of credit report from your bank, but you don't get a, a, a uh, unused capacity report from your HR team uh, once a month, typically. You, you don't get uh, the, the same, uh, it doesn't get the same limelight as the as the financial metrics. And you, know, you can be out of, out of business if you're financially bankrupt. But what, what led to that may very well be someone who has not paid attention 
to the people side and and had had a talent bankruptcy that preceded the financial issues and the uh, the connection between those those two. Uh, but it's just striking how you know you didn't mention anything about money, about adequate capital, or anything. It's about the people. And yet, what do we get reports about that we look at once a week? Typically, in most businesses, it's the, the report that shows your unused line of credit, not your untapped talent, and what you're doing to develop them. Absolutely, absolutely, Keith. And 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 you've heard me say this, and I've said it to many, many people that there's absolutely no way of getting the money bank full if your people bank is empty. And uh, it's the people bank. It's the capacity and the ability of the people bank that causes the money bank to be full, all right? Because you can buy materials and you can buy equipment and you can acquire all those sorts of things, but the people bank is the thing that you personally build. And again, you heard me say this, is that it takes a long time for an oak tree to grow from an oak acorn. Mm. And you don't, developing people is not an overnight operation. It's a long-term, steady operation. Now, let's take our acorn and oak tree uh, metaphor one step further. Mm. It takes a long time to grow an oak tree from an acorn but you sure can chop an oak tree down pretty damn quickly. Mm. And so, again, a thing that we need to realize about the People Bank is it must be diligently kept full because it can't be topped up at a moment's notice, all right? Uh, and so it's the diligent work on the People Bank. And again, I say that, you know, that, that the time you and I have spent, spent together has been, from this point of view, for me, very, very rewarding because it's a it's a message that uh, that has gotten through, and it's a it's an ethic that we've shared over many, many years. Well, thank you, and it, and it's an ongoing effort. Uh, it is a place that you you never arrive. Uh, we're certainly uh, working diligently. In fact, as we're talking, I'm thinking about some things that I need to say and and discuss in a meeting I'm going to be heading into shortly. So it's a, it's a great great reminder, and it really is a journey and an, and an adventure. And you know, I think the other irony, Mike, is that you know, in this desire to keep the people bank full and uh, welcome new people into a company in construction or into an industry, we tend to focus on the what you're going to do. And there's there's value in that. You know, I heard you mention things like building tangible things that people see in value, doing things with my hands, see the product of your work, get to work outdoors, work as a small team, uh, projects that are accomplished and the outcomes are visible. It's not it's not ambiguous. Did we either accomplish it or it's not? The, the curb is there or it's not. The pipe is in and water's flowing through it or it's not. And there's a lot of variability. And I, I think... Um, I don't know. We talk a lot about that in the recruiting process uh, to help people self-select in or out more effectively. And I'm I'm just curious if there's other things that you would add to that. Uh, keeping the people bank full. Are there are there other things where you see companies are missing the mark? Talking about this over here when the real focus is that determines success is somewhere off to the right of that. Yes, uh, one of the things that I think is is a tragedy for our business is that there seems to be increasingly amount of emphasis put on the niceties and the details and the language of the contract, and too much emphasis really put on the transaction and the contract. 
and too little emphasis uh, put on uh, the relationships and the and the importance of trust in in the relationships. All right. Now, I think that's also a sign of the times. And here's an old guy talking about the good old days <laughs> when we were friends, right? <laughs> um, but um, you know, you cannot you cannot write a contract that replaces trust. All right. And I I think that um, that we have to um, we we have to look after the trust me tree, and we have to make sure that. That the foundation of our relationship is trust. A relationship where the foundation is the letter of the contract is um, is not a very satisfying relationship. It can be successful and it is successful, but it's not a very satisfying relationship. And so, uh, yep, if I think that there's something that's that we need to keep our ourselves really attuned to is. Um, Let's make sure our relationships have a solid foundation of trust, and then let's layer on top of that uh, a good understanding of our contractual rights and obligations, and then uh, and then let's get on with the job and, uh, and build the work, develop the people, and uh, and make sure that everybody uh, participates in the uh, in the success of the operation. All right, it's not only the project manager or the CEO. Who's uh, who's built a successful project? Everybody uh, that's been part of building that successful project, whether you're a laborer, whether you're a surveyor, whether you're an operator, whether you're a pipe layer, it's your project, and you can drive past that project and and tell your children, you know, I built that manhole. See that manhole over there? I I, I built it. All right, and um, that that's a great source of satisfaction. Not a lot of people leave footprints, uh, and we certainly can. At all levels of the construction industry, leave footprints uh, all over the place with uh, with the work you do, and with the people you grow and develop while you're doing that work. So, what advice would you give? We, we we're talking about you know trust. Uh, you know, like an oak tree it takes a long time, and you said if you cut it down, it can be. Sometimes projects don't go the way that we think they're going to go. So what advice would you give somebody if they're going through a tough time or it didn't go the way they thought it was going to go? What would you say to them? Gee whiz, yeah. Because, you know, I have been heard to say that uh, that sick projects or losing projects, and they do exist, all right? They do happen, uh, although they needn't happen as frequently as I think they do. Um, their, Their cost in people uh, frequently exceeds their cost in uh, in financial terms. Um, I think the most important thing to do is to um, to not play the blame game. All right, it's a tough business, and stuff, and uh, you know all sorts of things that weren't anticipated at the beginning uh, can and do happen. And I think that we must just accept that that's. Um, it's part of the business. You know, it's 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 kind of, he has a good metaphor for what I've just said. And that is, I get really in a knot. And a couple of days ago, I, I plus minus torpedoed a dinner party where somebody around the dinner party was blaming the airline industry for all the delays we've experienced the last little while. And I said, you know, it's impossible to fly an airplane when it's snowing. All right. 
And nothing's achieved by beating up on the airline industry because the runways are snowed in. Nothing's achieved by beating up on the airline industry because they don't want to take off in an airplane that's got an inch of ice on the wings. That's a fact. It's happened. All right. Now, nothing's achieved by beating up on the airline industry under those conditions. And when you've had a job where the ball has bounced badly and and things have not been as envisaged, don't beat up on the people. Okay. Um, Many, there are many delays which are not where the problems, and I'm not condoning those in any way. If, if the flight's delayed because it's snowing, don't write to the chief executive of the airline. Okay. It's the wrong thing to do. He's battling as hard as he can. And if a job, if the ball bounces badly on a job, all right, don't beat up on the project team. All right. If you believe in and you've properly developed and grown the project team, they're doing their level best to get it right. Okay. And so, yeah, I don't quite know where we started before we started speaking about airplane delays and snow. (laughs) But I think we started by saying that it's very destructive to beat up on your people, period. And it's very destructive to beat up on your people when they are not the problem. And if you grow and develop your people correctly, your people should not be the problem. Well, and I think in addition to that, Mike, it's very wise words uh, that you've shared. And in in addition to that, I would add that well-developed people of good character will also be self-reflective and and they'll voluntarily evaluate you know, there's a couple of things I could have done differently. And they'll share those not only with their their person they report to, but with others on the team for the good of the team, rather than brush it under the rug and hope nobody notices that was embarrassing. And I think it really does come back to character and the ability to self-reflect and and learn and back to where we started around that that passion to be to do my best, even when things went differently than planned to recognize that my identity is not in my work and therefore I can hold it out, look at it, evaluate it. And if there's something that went differently than planned, I could have handled differently. Can I be humble enough to show up to class and learn after we've now paid the tuition? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it really does come back to to character and people that have that passion for the industry, build tangible things, uh, have an influence in the lives of others and have a, a commitment to grow and develop their character there is plenty of opportunity in the construction world to do those things. And if you're not finding that at the company that you're involved in and listening to this podcast, you know, then maybe you're not in the wrong industry, maybe you're at the wrong company. But those things are certainly available and should be sought after in this industry because it's what has made it great and what will continue to do so into the future. And you know, for, for me, I and like I said, I've joined in this Hey, it's hard finding great people and enough people and all of that. And you know, I think we've got to really do a better job at playing the fiddle we've got. There's a lot of great opportunities. Uh, and you've just outlined a you know a nice list of things that if that's attractive to folks, the construction industry offers a lot of opportunity. Uh, and we should, I think, as an industry, stop moaning and complaining about what what we don't have and what isn't the case, uh, much like the the uh, airline example. And be grateful and, and highlight the wonderful opportunities that that are here. So we appreciate your your input here, Mike, and your joining us on the podcast. Is there uh, any uh, 
final final words of wisdom you'd like to share in summary as we think about these topics of uh, impacting the lives of people through our, our roles in construction? Well, Keith, um, final words. Uh, and perhaps, yeah, there's nothing we do uh, to a greater extent than teach and learn. I think we, we, we teach constantly and we learn constantly. And it's this kind of tradition, if you wish, or thing that's, that's, that, that, that we grow up experiencing or saying is that there's a place where you learn called a classroom and there's a time when you learn called when you're at school. No, I think that's a great disservice. There's a place where you learn which is everywhere. Every single time, and, and there's a time when you learn, which is all the time. Every interaction you have with someone is an opportunity to teach and learn. And you, there's only one thing you do constantly. Well, you breathe and you live and you do all those good things, but you're teaching and learning constantly. And I think that that's, that's the fun of life, is the fun of life is to constantly learn from others and constantly seek to contribute to others' learning, all right? And so, yeah, as a wrap-up, if I want to say as a wrap-up, uh, and what I want to leave the folk with is that teaching and learning is the thing we do most. And please move away from this idea that it happens in a classroom before we're 18. No, <laughs> it happens everywhere, every day. Well, thank you for your time today, Mike. It's uh... You got my head spinning. I'm telling you, I am like, I am just sitting here listening to this. I could listen to this all day long. Just uh, you talk. And um, and I, I hope this uh, this podcast makes people think about teaching and learning and their journey and their adventures and not just in the construction industry, but their home life and everything that they do and also have a passion that we share for this industry. I really appreciate your time today. Keith, as always, thank you for your time today. I will give it to you, Keith, if you would like to wrap up or say anything uh, to end this, but time is flying by so fast. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks, Mike, for joining us, Chris. Thanks for uh, setting everything up and hosting. And it's a great opportunity to share and talk and to think differently, you know, and even to evaluate things in our own business that we can improve, even as we uh, seek to contribute to the, the growth of the industry and the success of others around us. And uh, it's been a great opportunity to to do that. And uh, I've got a few more uh, bits of uh, Mike Borster wisdom with quotations that go into my file for my uh, book about Mike someday. Thanks again, uh, and have a great day, everyone. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Brubacher podcast today. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe to our podcast so you can listen to the new episodes each month. Share it with your friends in the industry and those who might like to learn more about the construction industry. Feel free to check out our website at www.brubacher.net. I'm Keith Brubacher, president of Brubacher Excavating Incorporated, and we hope you found our discussion insightful, and we look forward to the next time together.